It's not supposed to get above freezing until Saturday, and we're supposed to get more snow tomorrow and the next day. And I'm like, I can't handle this. <laughs> I like literally yeah. looked up a liquor store and like looked to see if it was walking distance, and it wasn't. Nicole, I can see Nicole fucking. I walked two miles uphill both ways to go to the liquor store in the snowstorm of 2021. To get, to get Snoop Dogg's wine. <laughs> That's so funny that you bring that up. I went to a French wine class this past weekend. and That's the most bougie thing I've ever heard, by the way. Yes, and it's like, like it's an authentic French restaurant, so he's wow. very French and he's very bougie, yeah, like the man leading this class. And he was talking about like when you're going to like pick a wine, he's like, now don't get wrapped up in, you know, the ones with like the pretty labels, like that Snoop Dogg one. And I'm just like sitting over there like I've definitely. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I have like the Snoop Dogg cork like sitting on my table as like a trophy. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) I'm just like, he does not want to hear me speak. Hello and welcome back to the Health Unfiltered podcast. The gang is back together to talk about um, NFL stuff, strength and conditioning stuff, some real bro-like shit here. So I know we're all really excited. I'm really excited to have uh, Evan on, who we've known for a couple years now, uh, crazy Jersey boy who we're going to introduce here in a bit. Um, So like I said, Evan is a Jersey boy. Uh, who somehow landed in Mississippi as a strength and conditioning graduate assistant. Uh, And he now lives in the desert, and he works for the NFL Arizona Cardinals as a sports science coordinator. Um, Welcome, Evan, and we are so, so glad to have you on here. What's up? Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, long time. We were planning this, but finally we... uh... We got it in. Nothing much. Uh, we're enjoying our cocktails. So much enthusiasm. We, we had to wait for you to get cool enough. Yeah. What's yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. What? So she said when? we had to wait for you to get cool enough. Like, all right, now we can bring him in. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I was a nobody and now I'm not still anybody, but we're <laughs> working like, towards it, right? Yeah, exactly. No, man. What's the, the last label. time we saw each other? When we went to. Uh, they Arizona, went to right. They came so they, they came to Phoenix. Uh, and so did Ro. He drove up eight hours. Remember we when went to El Jefe? That, that oh, was a couple shit, years yeah. ago. Was that that the, was two years ago then? Yeah, it was two, two years, years ago. ago. Two years, yeah. Dang, yeah. it's been that long. Wow. It's crazy. Holy we shit. tore it up at the ASU club. Oh, that was and so realized whack. We were I was like, way <laughs> too old. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I am too old for this. Bro. <laughs> Yeah, I don't go there anymore. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't That's probably really a good thing. So, good, you're like 40. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm 40 now, which is fucking insane. Yeah, Basically, when you turn 30, Roe says you're 40. Just yeah, so you I know. know. And as soon as I'm 30, I'm like, we're young and thriving. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm honest so with you. 30 has been great. I haven't had a single problem with being 30. You've years been 30 old. for like I three still minutes. Can train. Uh, like two weeks Um, oh sweet happy late birthday (laughs) yeah see he's like we are 30 flirting a lot has a lot good has happened since i've turned 30 i mean that's that's all i can say a lot what good things i want to know yeah we need to know Uh, i don't know just random stuff i don't know (laughs) well all right i got all that was a good list 
I got offered a second contract on my birthday. That's, That's awesome. awesome. A little bit after. Congrats. A little bit after. Yeah. But um, yeah, essentially, yeah, that was cool. Um, me and my girlfriend are looking at maybe buying a house. Not sure yet. Um, but that's in the works. That's I do super like Phoenix. Exciting. Yeah, that's good. Um, I don't know. It's just been like, I don't know. This off season, for whatever reason, has been a little bit more like, I don't know. I, I, I've just been able to enjoy this off season a little bit more than I have in the past, which I don't know why. Um, because you're yeah, 30 now, man. You I got guess that I was, yeah, that's the only, the only explanation is I'm fucking 30 years old. So that's why 30's been good. So that's what we're doing. Well, that's that's good to know. I, I can't wait. Can't wait to be 30. 28 now. So uh, I am the baby of the group, right? Unless, Nicole, I feel like you're younger, but no, you're no, not. No, you're younger than me. <sighs> Somehow months. I'm the baby and I'm the most handsome, the smartest, the most talented. It's Jesus. it's hard. That's why my back is so strong because I got to carry you guys. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hopped up on tea. So we're going to segue into there. Uh, what are we drinking tonight? Like I said, I'm drinking tea. I have to record a lecture right after this. So I was telling Brooke, I can't just be like, so motor learning and performance, guys. I learned about that. Uh, so I have to be responsible today. But uh, what are you guys drinking? It looks like you have some really fun cocktails. I do. I have, I'm drinking a brown derby. Have you all ever had it? Mm-mm. No. No, that sounds like a dirty so Sanchez good. though. So... <laughs> It's <laughs> Jesus. It's um one and a half ounces of bourbon, one ounce of fresh squeezed grapefruit. I did it by hand myself, so you know it tastes wow. good. And then a half ounce of honey syrup that I made also myself. Look at me, like a fucking Martha Stewart with alcohol. Wow. <laughs> She's like a That's a little before you go to jail. That does sound really good. Nicole, what do you got? Did you get bourbon? Um, no. Nicole is trapped in her house for at least six <laughs> days because Tennessee doesn't know how to act. And we just have <laughs> like six good. inches of ice everywhere. Um, oh, so good. I pulled out my second to last bottle of wine. So I'm, I will probably be walking to that liquor store <laughs> by tomorrow. Um, I, I'm just... also I'm going to need you to FaceTime me when you arrive at this liquor store. So Oh, after my trek? <laughs> I'll, yes. I'll yeah, I need to make sure listen, survive, if there's yeah. anything there that I could get for a solid I have solid to price. save my battery in case something happens to me on the way back. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> but I have a French red. Oh, French red. French wow. red. What about you, Evan? Okay, well, good. since uh, I'm, a, I'm a big I'm a big bourbon guy. I like bourbon, so, um, so for this one. I decided to pour my first of a little Buffalo Trace. So I did about three or so ounces of Buffalo Trace. And um, this one, I did put an ice cube in it just because it's, you know, I've already had it a thousand times. So um, I put one ice cube in this Buffalo Trace and I'm drinking it essentially. Now it's gone. So uh, what? Uh, A little bit. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A little bit diluted, slightly diluted. (laughs) But usually I'll drink this neat. So yeah, this is what I'm going with right now. It's Buffalo Trace, good stuff. I showed, Dang. I showed Brian your picture you sent of your collection. He was highly impressed. We, we, I guess really? can't find a lot of the stuff that you have. Do you guys have private liquor stores or state run? So you're gonna, so you, uh, private. So a lot of them are private, but um, 
funny enough, so the stag junior, the one that's like kind of right in the front there, it's a really hard one to find. And then like in the secondary market, it's like 300 bucks, some, I don't know, 250, 300 bucks. I got it for 50 bucks and it's like kind of slightly embarrassing, but we got like this information that Fry's grocery store out here is going to have like 51 bottles available at select Fry's stores. So my coworker was like, dude, we got to go. Like we got to get it. And I was like, fuck it. Yeah, let's go do it. And so we literally left and they were selling, they started selling at noon. Right. And so we left work like right when we were done at Friday um, at like 1115, we got to the Fry store and we stood in line. We were the 22nd, 23rd people in line. And that was at 11.30. By noon, the fucking line was wrapped around the store. Legitimately wrapped around the store waiting for this bottle. So wow. the stag, yeah, I got that. Kind of like, that's I'm never going to find that again, probably. Um, the E.H. Taylor, I can find pretty often out here. It's like $49 a bottle, which isn't terrible. Um, the Eagle Rare. Eagle Rare, I have a we liquor store that. right here. Does but he? We don't get that. Yeah, we don't. We can't find it a lot. And they like will only get usually ten bottles at a time, and they like hide it behind the register, and like you ha- just have to be there at the right time. So, so here's here's what's gonna happen. Some I'm going to get shit. you a bottle of Eagle Rare, and I will ship it to you, or to Brian at that point. Um, nice. So I'll ship you a bottle. <clears throat> it's fairly easy to find. It's, I it's kind of overpriced. Like where we are, it's like fifty five, which isn't like cheap, but um yeah it's fairly available i'd say and then uh what are the other ones that i have wood for reserve double oaked is a very easy one like that one it's everywhere but it's i think it's got good taste good flavor it's only like 38 bucks a bottle if you want to get that but yeah now i just feel bad that i'm drinking tea i'm like oh I, <laughs> I mean you should do so drunk lectures bro yeah <laughs> yeah your students oh my will love God. you yeah, the they would have been there. Professors would be like, what is your deal? I'm like, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't the know. The point of bourbon isn't to get like completely trashed. Like you can have like a Oh healthy. yeah. And I mean it's like saying like I smoke cigars to like get high. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? <laughs> what are oh you my. what are you talking about? Hey, uh, by the way, guys, Arizona, it is uh weed is legal out here. Pretty crazy, huh? Is that a new thing? Nice, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> like, Everybody hey, smokes uh, weed. It doesn't matter where they are. Arizona. It is, it is legal recreationally now. You can walk into a dispensary and you can just, if that's your thing, you can have at it. So that is that's pretty cool. It's also crazy. Uh, it's well, great. Uh, we <laughs> we can virtual cheers to that. And I was telling uh, Nicole and Brooke that. Um, we got an email from our, uh, podcast hosting service or whatever <laughs> saying that not to brag, but we are 150 <laughs> in the fitness category on Apple podcast. So thank you to all our listeners to making us probably last on the top list, but at <laughs> least we're know last what the number on is. The What's it out so, of? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 150 out of 150. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it, okay? The Listen, fact that guys. they emailed us is great. So, so bro, what do I need to Google? Right. Like, how many fitness podcasts are out there? Yeah, I guess. I have no idea. But, you we'll know, uh, thanks for showing up and listening and continuing to download. But <laughs> So, definitely cheers, cheers to that. Um, we do have a question of the week. Uh, this one comes from Bethany Jane. She says, and uh, I, I, this was in her writing, Mom, so please please don't yell at me for She's swearing. very sassy. She says, why the f- 
Yeah, yeah. She says, why the fuck do I wake up so damn hungry? And how can I not feel like I want to eat my arm off the second I wake up? Wow, <laughs> preach, because that's me every day. I'm, like, I'm so damn hungry. Yeah, I mean, when she sent me this question, I was like, I mean, I'm I'm pretty, pretty hungry in the morning when I wake up and definitely like want breakfast right away. So I don't think it's abnormal but if you're wanting to eat your arm off maybe there's a few things we can do um (laughs) so definitely like hunger is going to change from day to day and this is going to be based on what your activities activity levels were what your sleep was stress levels changes in hormones all those good things but if this is a consistent thing happening i would definitely say that energy intake maybe wasn't enough the day before So I think depending on when you had your last meal or snack, um, like the the day before you fell asleep, if you're eating dinner pretty early, I would say to add like a balanced protein or carbohydrate snack an hour or so before you go to bed and see how that affects you in the morning, um, you know, maybe like that next week or so and see if it gets any better. But it's definitely okay to be hungry after you wake up in the morning. I would definitely just do your best to plan a balanced energy dense breakfast as soon as you can after you wake up just to be prepared and not end up it being like an hour later and you're just like, okay, I'm about to murder someone. That's a great answer. Yeah, I've just been doing protein shakes and uh, Eggo waffles as my breakfast. It's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's easy. It's whatever. But yum. Yeah. Yeah. Yum. It's the only way it's funny. You're like, that's pretty gross. I said that, I actually said that in my, uh, one of my coworkers, uh, Nate was like, uh, are you okay? And are you single? And I was like, no, man, this is just how I eat in the morning. <laughs> like, he's like, that sounds like a lonely meal. I was like, all right, cool. Do, anyway. do you live in a frat house? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> do you live in a frat house? Uh, do you get drawings on your face when you pass out drunk? um cool so like i said we have uh evan on here uh and like i said before evan works for the nfl so in this episode we're gonna look to get some uh behind the scene answers on what strength and conditioning coaching looks like from an nfl perspective as far as what and then uh, sorry also um all these other tangents that I'm sure will go on because, uh, you know, Evan is Evan and we are us. So I love a good tangent. I really do. I <laughs> exactly. love a good tangent. So there'll be plenty yeah, to go so around. This is, this is how you're going to start your tangent then. So um, definitely a lot of people regard uh, strength and conditioning coaches in the NFL as being like the elite of the elite coaches. And, uh, you know, you can't say that they're not. Um, mm-hmm. But can you tell us how, how you got started? Like, how did, how did you get to this point? Yeah, so I mean, in all with all due respect, yes, uh, you know, NFL coaches have their place in you know the profession as you know one of the highest ranking you know positions that you can ask for in the profession. At the same time, um, I'll kind of explain the way I got in, and then it'll kind of segue into kind of how at sometimes uh, you know there the NFL it's not the elite level. You know, what I'm saying there are things that do. Um, that make some of them kind of just, you know, a regular old strength coach. And so when I was graduating from West Virginia, so I went to West Virginia for my undergrad, I graduated and I thought that I wanted to go to PT school. Like I wanted to be a physical therapist. And yeah, yeah, of course, the the same thing everybody does with the next phys degree. It's like, fuck, I want to be a (laughs) physical therapist. And then, so my parents uh, pretty much just were like, yeah, why don't you like work 
in physical therapy before, you know, cause yeah, you, you've shadowed, you've done that, like, you know, that whole thing, uh, before you drop like, you know, X number of dollars on PT school, why don't you go work and see if this is truly what you want to do or not? So I listened to their advice. I got a job at a PT clinic, essentially just like assisting all the PTs and like running every exercise program for all the patients, which wound up, it was probably not what I was prepared to do at the time, but like, that's what I was asked to do. So I did it. And as I was going through, I was realizing that I did, I hated it. Like I hated it. I didn't, I, I hated people coming in and this is in all honesty, the God's honest truth of why I got out. I hated people coming in, not wanting to be helped. They didn't want to be helped. You know what I'm saying? They essentially like I had, we had a lot of patients that wanted lawsuits or, you know, had lawsuits going and just had to show up just to show up to prove that they were hurt. And I just like, I, I love helping people. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to do PT. I don't love helping people that flat out don't want to be helped. And so my boss actually, they kind of saw me not enjoying what I was doing. And he was a really good guy. And he also, he was super smart and taught me a lot. And I do owe a lot to him, but he was like, Hey, you should, um, you should maybe get into strength and conditioning. And I was a wrestler at West Virginia. So I did have a strength coach. I just never really put two and two together. that This was truly a field, you know what I'm saying? That like that, that, mm-hmm. I could make as a career. I just thought it was kind of just like, Oh, uh, you know, just random guy. That's just like a trainer. Like it's impossible to get these jobs though. <laughs> and so essentially I just went, I got my CSES, uh, cause that's what he told me to do. And then, um, at the time it was like, okay, the, like, I kind of just looked online. It's like, how do I get into this field? And it's like, you have to intern, like you have to intern unpaid. Like you have to be willing to just like dump all your savings or get help from somebody <laughs> And go intern for free at wherever it might be, you know, wherever it will take you. So I literally sent out like hundreds of applications and emails and all that stuff to like all different colleges around the country. And at the time, uh, Mississippi State was number one in the country in football for that like, you know, three day stint, like which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a three Best day two stint. weeks I, ever. Exactly. <laughs> like it was amazing, but it was three days and I was like, super impulsive and i was like oh shit well if they're number one in the country like i'm just gonna move anywhere i might as well just like shit i might as well just throw it out there and see if i can get an internship <laughs> there like if i'm gonna do it i might as well do it big and go to the number one yeah. team in the country um so i actually got that internship and so i literally like two days later they emailed me were like hey when can you be out here for an interview and i was like fuck i'll just i'll book a flight right now and so i literally booked a flight flew to mississippi uh did the interview flew home and then, uh, yeah, I flew back to Mississippi with a couple of things and just like ran, got this like random apartment that I don't even know, like you guys know Starkville, but it was like not in a good location. Like as I'm looking back at it now, it was really bad. Like, Wait, was this the one where like you got Leo or was this a different one? No, 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 no. Oh. That was, that was a great, that was a great townhouse. Yeah. No, it, was I like before, that it was before that. It was oh, before wow. that. And There's it was a lot of pockets, of, yeah, where it's like this is not good. It was by there was a there was a gas station that was always selling a car out front. It was on the right hand side when you were going down. Um, shit, I don't even remember the roads anymore. But yeah, it was like right there. It was not good. And um, so anyway, so I just moved and like I just lived there. I lived off of my savings essentially from when I was working. And my first 
mentor essentially. So when I got there, every assistant train coach had their own intern. That's just how many interns we had. And fortunately, um, my, you know, like my coach that I worked with hand in hand was Anthony Paroli, who is actually now the head strength coach of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just won the Super Bowl. So um, he was the assistant at the time at Mississippi State. I came under him and um, shortly after he left Mississippi State to go and um, essentially get a job with the Arizona Cardinals as a uh, similar role to what I'm doing now. Uh, a little bit more on the strength and conditioning side. I mean, not that I'm not on that side of both, but uh, I think his title was assistant strength coach. Um, but he did kind of start the sports science department there. Um, and then weirdly enough, I was finishing. So I, I was interning at Mississippi State, eventually got the GA. Uh, so I switched over from football to more of the Olympic side. And while I was doing the Olympic side stuff and I was finishing my grad school, uh, Anthony essentially got offered the head strength coach job at Mississippi State. And so it was kind of like working its way back full circle. Obviously, I kept in touch with him and we were really close. And so when he came back, I helped him. Like I volunteered to essentially just help him set up the weight room, uh, you know, like understand who's who in the administration in terms of the athletic department, um, just kind of how to navigate, you know, how to get things done essentially. Um, and so after, you know, like a week of him being there as the head strength coach, he was like, listen, uh, I want you here. Uh, so I can essentially hire you here uh, for a position as like an assistant strength coach, or I can get you an interview with the Arizona Cardinals. And then, you know, but that's going to be on you. So I was like, get me the fuck out of Starkville, like immediately. And he so says I it like kind that. of lovingly. It was a good experience. No, I, no. I really, no, listen, it was a great, it w- really was a great time. But in all honesty, <laughs> y'all, y'all were leaving. Like you were leaving. Yeah, anyway. we all left. Exactly. So it was like, everything was starting to dwindle down. Taylor was leaving. Uh, you know, just everything was kind of falling into place as to where like, you know, it's time to leave. Everybody's, there's always a time to leave Starkville. Mm-hmm. And it was then. I and so I took the interview. The... Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, you love what? You love what, Nicole? (laughs) I always think about this of how all the people that I met in Starkville, Mississippi weren't southerners like y'all were all northerners <laughs> <the> like north. <laughs> so sassy and i'm like how did these people end up here because i mean i'm in tennessee <laughs> it's just like five hours away it kind of makes yeah. sense i'm country enough no 30 not minutes outside new york city and i lived in west virginia <laughs> for four years and then mississippi for another four. i still think row yeah, is yeah. row is the most unlikely for me I mean, oh, yeah, uh, Chicago, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, they said, "Do you want to train college cheerleaders?" And I said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Why would I say no to that? So, I mean, when you found yeah. out where it was, you weren't the slightest bit like, "Wait, what?" I mean, yeah, but like you know, as I got to run what little like I had total control over it, I was like, "This seems like a really cool experience." <laughs> I was also trying to run away from home for a yeah. myriad of reasons. So, well, I'm so glad good. you all ended up there. <laughs> Oh wow, so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> One it, of was, those listen, it was it was it was. It was a great time. It was. And I, mm. I the people that I met there um have become some of like my really close friends and okay, even us. you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. obviously you guys. He's like not you guys, uh, other people. No, <laughs> like mostly you guys. I mean that's pretty much it. Like 
Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I may none of your other, other friends listen to this. Yeah, they're like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Taylor and Nico, obviously. Nico, I before, yeah, you better Taylor, give some shout outs uh, right now, buddy. Quinn. <laughs> Taylor, Quinn, I mean, shit, AT. Uh, hey, hey we're 150 on, on the charts. People are going to hear this. Yeah, yeah, man, 150. Yeah, that's fine. I, there's plenty of people that I can go around saying, but they all know who they are in terms of Mississippi State. Word up, mm-hmm. fucking, we know the struggle of what it was to live intern life and GA life. So <sighs> yeah. they definitely know it. But so all in all, like that's essentially, I got an interview with the Cardinals and I kind of just ran with it from there. Um, the sports science side of it was still fairly new. Um, we didn't have a lot in terms of technology we're starting to um progress to a little bit more but yeah so it was kind of an i mean it really did start out as a fairly entry-level position and so it was up to me to essentially take it to where it's at now and just kind of run it and my boss has done obviously a really good job of just letting me um you know kind of take it and, and put my own twist to it you know he obviously oversees everything that i do and likes to see what i do but at the same time he trusts me um, to essentially put my take on how sports science should be run at the NFL level. And now that I'm there, it's my shit, it's my fourth year. Um, Dang, already been four years. That's right. Yeah, this is my fourth year. It's my fourth season. So um, it's been good, and everything's kind of rolled from there. But yeah, in all honesty, I I chalk it completely up to uh, just kind of connections, right? Like being in the right place in the right time. You know, Anthony Paroli was only there for a couple of months and just make it essentially I just made an impact on him, like not trying to toot my own horn, but I made a good enough impact on him and stayed in contact with him enough to, you know, eventually gain respect from him to then essentially give me an interview with an NFL team, you know, thinking that I was ready. So, um, yeah, and that that kind of segues into, you know, yes, NFL strength coaches, it is the highest level. Uh, but at the same time, just like any other profession, it really is about the connections you make. Um, and it could be anywhere. You know what I mean? It really could. Like, I met this kid uh, who just got a job in another NFL team who back in like 2017, 16 at a CSCCA conference, like <laughs> essentially one time. And that one time, like I essentially helped him out and just you know, gave him some cues on how to interview for the NFL job. So like even just that stuff is just, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to impress and you don't know what kind of power they have to get you the job that you truly want, you know? So yeah. Make connections, um, people. That shit works. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It is. The NFL is, is a, um, how do I want to put this? Boys club. (laughs) I mean, yeah. No, 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 not necessarily that. But yeah, like <laughs> I guess all the know, connotations a, that come with it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a brotherhood of people that understand um, the rigors of in season. Because again, like you know, everybody looks at the NFL job as like, wow, that's so amazing. Like you must, you know, like that's the best job in the world. I'd love to have it. And while I am ultra thankful and I love my job, right? I do. I love my job like every job has its downfalls, right? Like yeah. essentially in season you're for, for the whole month of August till you know, till your season is over, you're working seven days a week. Like there, there are no off days. There are zero. Like I can't take vacation the way that everybody else takes vacation. I can't just like request to have vacation off. Um, 
you know, like there, there are some drawbacks to everything. And so like, it's not all glitz and glamor. Yes. Working the players, developing relationships with those guys, you know, getting them to the places they want to be seeing what it's like, you know, the translation to on the field, like all that is why I do this. Um, but again, like people do need to understand that there are also things that, you know, make it just like a normal job, you know, accounts are the same, the same way, you know, I know a couple of accounts now, especially during, you know, tax season right now, it's like, you know, oh, they're working seven days a week and it's a lot of hard work. And so I feel for those people. And I do understand that like, Hey, yeah. Like, can we take a, can we go to this wedding in October? Like my sister's getting married. It's like, can't go have like the Rams on a Sunday. I can't do it. Yeah. Like, like, so it, it does get, um, you know, it's, it's hard at times, but part of the drawbacks you know what i'm saying it's part of the job and that's what you sign up for so um but i do love yeah, it work. and yeah it's work that's it it's yeah. work it's still it's work like your first day on the sidelines on sundays or it's like unbelievable you're like this is so ridiculous like how i'm standing on the sidelines of an nfl game and then you know as time goes on it's like like anything else right you just get used to it and it's like yeah it's like oh my god like you know this is this superstar right here it's like you know, like, what do I have? What, what, what do I say to him? Like, they're all humans. They're all humans. They're mm -hmm. all people. They, they, they're, you know, for the most part, uh, 21 to, you know, 35 for the most part. So they like the same things you do. They like the same things I do. Like we're essentially coworkers at that point. And so, um, yeah, I just think it's a great job. It is. Um, but again, you just have to take it for what it is. And there is obviously some, you know, there's always a negative to everything. And so not to be pessimistic about anything, but yeah. <laughs> That's not pessimistic. That's just being real, right? I know we Absolutely. had uh, our buddy Ethan on a couple weeks back who pretty much did the same thing. He's like, I fucking love baseball and I love mm -hmm. my job, but I'm working, you know, 14, 16 hour days every day. Mm -hmm. Just comes yep. with it. But um, so, yeah, Ethan explained to us uh, what he did for his work. So, mm -hmm. Evan, you've obviously talked about, you know, kind of how there's two sides to your job, the strength and conditioning and science and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, what is it that like you do, right? What's a traditional day on the job look like for you? So in season, off season, we'll kind of go through just a quick overview of both. So in season, uh, that obviously is within the weeks one through 17 and previous with through training camp. Um, but in season, a typical day is, I'll even start up to I am up at essentially 4.15, 4.30 in the morning. Every morning, I got to feed the dogs. I got shit to do. Um, and then I'm usually at work by 5, like the latest. Um, so I get into work at 5. Usually, we have a 6 a.m. option for guys to come and train. So, again, completely optional for the guys. They kind of choose their schedule, whatever fits best for them, because a lot of these dudes are uh, I'm going to say superstitious, but they have their routines that make them feel best prepared. So we offer a 6am lift group. So I usually come in, you know, I'll, whatever needs to be set up for that day, essentially I'll set it up. Uh, I'll set up hydration testing. Um, uh, so it's cups and they pee in a cup. That's, you know, how hydration testing goes. Um, and then usually after that, I'll have just like a quick like bite for breakfast. If nobody comes in or if a couple guys come in, I'll train them um, or, you know, depending on how many come in. And then I'll have a quick breakfast. We'll have a team meeting. Um, and then after I set up everything for practice, which is usually we run uh, catapult. So it's a 
GPS tracking. Uh, I'm sure you guys have, you know, for some of you who have heard of it, uh, it essentially tracks a ton of different metrics while they're out in the field, which is um, really useful for in terms of practice design, which is, I'll get into it again uh, later for kind of another job that I have. Um, after that, we have practice. So after that, I just essentially, I'm sitting outside during practice, uh, tracking catapult stuff. So tracking the guys running around, seeing what kind of metrics they pull up. After we have a lift group. So right after practice, we'll normally have another lift group and then essentially meetings all the way through and we're done. So I'm usually, my days usually go from about 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. Usually every day in season. Saturday's a little bit different. Off season's a little bit easier. Um, off season is essentially eight to 12 the buildings open and we have open hours and we just run our program. And, um, so it's pretty, I mean, the off season's Monday through Friday and it's essentially, I say eight to 12, it's usually seven to three. Cause I train myself. So like, you know, you got to throw that time in there too. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, that's essentially what I do on a daily basis. Um, but overall, my job, what's asked of me to do is essentially create um, and push forward our sports science department. So create new tests, um, track. So essentially, we have a force plate, we have a Nord board, we have the catapult tracking, uh, we have hydration testing. Um, there's a million different things you can do on the force plate. We do, uh, so we're kind of old school with our Tendo units. So we still have Tendo. We're looking awesome. to get something different Tendo's now. Great. Yeah, and there's you know there's a million different things that are out now, Leap Form and you know all new tech that's coming out now. Obviously, it costs a ton of money, and right. so that's another thing. It's like don't think that just because you're in an NFL organization that like you get everything you ask for. You know what I'm saying? You, there's definitely some things that you don't. You know what I'm saying? That like not state of the art facilities all, all times, but you know you get what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so I essentially track all of that for every one of our players. I do my best to create profiles for every single one of our players to then essentially uh, figure out fatigue. So fatigue management, um, you know, performance metrics, so performance enhancement, uh, hydration. So recovery modalities, all that stuff, which just kind of falls into fatigue management. Um, but yeah. And then also a big part of my job, not only is to train players, but uh, I have a pretty good hand in designing what goes on during practice based on previous year's data and obviously current data of what I use with the catapult. So it's essentially um, using the catapult to design what we do when we do it during practice and how much we do, um, which has really taken off over the last two years, I'd say, um, and gone really in depth with kind of the stuff that like we use for our team. Um, which has been great for me because it just adds another like massive role uh, and gets me face to face with um, our head coach a lot of times, which is always good for, you know what I'm saying? When you're trying to kind of come up in the world of strength and conditioning is being in front of your head coach and developing a really good relationship and doing the job for him is something that obviously is, you know, super helpful. So the practice design stuff is where I spend a lot more of my time. I'd say now, uh, aside from training players. And so that's what we've been really trying to fine tune is figuring out, um, kind of not necessarily figuring out, but yeah, just tuning up our practice structure, um, our volumes of high speed, our volumes of certain metrics. I'll get into them later if you ask a question, but 
Um, yeah, so that's essentially where I'm at my job. And then obviously train the players. So a big part of um, the NFL is essentially creating really good relationships with these guys. Because listen, these guys are, are tremendous people. They'll do what you ask you to do. But at the same time, they're also going to kind of do what they what what got them there, right? So essentially, a lot of them have a lot of money. A lot of them, you know, have their own personal trainer at times. Especially when you look at like a guy like Tom Brady, right? And you always see his personal trainer is always right next to him when he's held hoisting up Super Bowl trophies and all that. Like a lot of these guys are like that. They have personal trainers, so you know, working hand in hand with a lot of that stuff. Uh, it's also a challenge, but you know, yeah. So training the guys, developing relationships, kind of it all. It's literally kind of all entitled within the job. So that's crazy, but it's also awesome. I I know we'll get into talking about some metrics and stuff later, but Mm. you know, you, you mentioned, um, practicing or designing practices and is that like, let's say they have a, so do you put the catapult on during the, during the games as well? So we are not allowed. So with the NFL, we're not allowed to put it on during games. The NFL has their own tracking called uh, Zebra. So essentially Zebra tracks during games and then every Monday morning. So first thing I do in the morning is I come in, uh, upload everything that will happen in the game. And then um, so Catapult has like a couple different metrics that Zebra doesn't. Um, but all in all, it's kind of the same stuff. Uh, it's all GPS related. So Zebra is only GPS related, whereas Catapult also has accelerometer data in it. So, um, so like for instance, I'm sure if you've listened to or if you've read any kind of research articles on on loading with Catapult, you've heard the term player load, uh, which is dubbed by Catapult, and it's ex- it's strictly based off accelerometers. Uh, and so like that's one metric where people are like super like bought into the to the player load metric that's like one of the biggest ones that everybody uses because it's super simple and it kind of gives you just like an overarching like okay this is how much you've done in this practice um but of course that's an accelerometer metric and so when you get it from ngs like you don't get player load so one of the things that me and uh our catapult consultant jamie who's like one of my best friends um what we did was we created an algorithm to take some of the metrics from NGS and what we got from uh, the game and translate that into player load just to make it kind of more accessible for coaches to see because coaches, you know, they're not sports scientists. They're not strength coaches. They're football coaches. And so they don't necessarily want to hear, you know, everything that has to go along with, you know, every single metric. They just want an easy number of times to say like, Hey, how much did we do? And so, you know, player load is a pretty easy one to say, Hey, this is how much we did. And then same thing for the game. So that's another one that I can easily convert. And then it makes it pretty easy for me to kind of just display for the coaches like, hey, this is where we're going with this. And this is why I made this decision for practice is because of, you know, this metric or something. But yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That was that was like the I guess the answer I was looking for is that, you know, let's say on a scale of 10 or whatever, uh, 10 being they're super fresh. And then one is obviously like <laughs> you guys got your asses kicked and now yeah. one's dead you know, money rolls around and you're like, uh, they're, they're, they're innate as a team. So then coach gets to be like, cool, like we're going to keep it all up and just keep what we're doing. Um, but if you come in and you're like, they're two, then I guess then the coach then has at least knows. Right. And is like, well, 
maybe today we take a break, uh, depending on the type of the season and or the time of the season, then the kind of where you are in the standings as well, right? So, yeah, um, for sure, great. A lot goes in. A lot goes into the practice development stuff because of, um, like you kind of just said, right? Standing at, ter- at certain times, like you know, does what does coach want to do? What does coach need to see? And that's kind of the first thing that I do when I go into a coach's a head coach's office is essentially like you have to explain to him listen i'm here for you as a resource one two i need to know what you need to see in a week of practice like what is essential what is a non-negotiable to what you need to see in a week of practice because ultimately that helps me dictate what i can and can't change right over the course of so say i do get a guy who comes in i'm like yo the team's a two right now right but I say, I want you to cut out, you know, I want you to cut out all this teamwork right here. And then that essentially leaves us with, you know, I don't know, 50, you know, let's just say 20 reps and coach, you know, up front has said like, bro, I need to see 25 to 30 reps. And so I know I at least have a guideline as to, okay, like what, these are his non-negotiables. I already have explained to him and he's already acknowledged that I'm here as a resource to him. And there's times where coaches, rightfully so want not necessarily go in a different direction but just want to stay with what they think is right which is a hard thing in the nfl is because a lot of coaches you know have a they've been doing this for a long time and rightfully so right there a lot of these coaches are the, the, the pinnacle of their careers right they're in the nfl like they're at the highest level and they know what works and to listen to some you know 30 year old sports science guy tell them how to run practice like that takes a lot of uh you know <laughs> Yeah, it takes a lot of trust in that person to understand that, hey, we know what we're doing. Um, so that's one thing is that like you'll a lot of teams, they'll find people who are coaches that like will just be like, yeah, you know, we're not going to use that. We're just going to roll with what I think is right. And a lot of it, some of it has to do with roster, right? If you have a young team who you kind of know that you're not going to be in contention for a ton of wins this year or whatever, like you, you, you have to understand yeah. that stuff. Like, hey, they may need a little bit more practice in order to kind of make this a rebuilding kind of, you know, preparing for next year type deal, right? We need to get them these reps so they understand the system. And that's a big part of it is, you know, um, essentially like understanding what your team looks like, uh, understanding what your coaches want um, or what they need to see. And then also understanding the physiology of it and when people are truly fatigued and when, you know, we're just kind of unfocused you know what i'm saying because it happens right. um or whether we're just you know whether guys because it's a long season i mean 17 weeks believe it or not it it's short and it's fast like it goes fast but it's it's a long season for these guys especially uh getting their you know in 30 car wrecks every sunday uh it, <laughs> yeah. it catches up to you like it does it catches up to you and it becomes oh, super man. long so yeah but i mean I hope that answered your question. It's- no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> De- definitely. Um, Matt Nagy, if you're listening, uh, I will help <laughs> the Bears. I will help the Bears. <laughs> Please, let me help my hometown. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks for that that insight. And I think it's it's so great. And, and we'll talk later about, like, rest and, and whatnot. Um, mm. But, like, you know, we focus so much about uh, what the coaches kind of struggle with, kind of what you struggle with. What mm. do you see is, like, the biggest struggle for an NFL athlete, uh, especially someone who's like just coming from college, right? Like they're like, I've made it, you know, what is the biggest challenge you've seen from 
those people that are coming in? Uh, let's see. I'd say, I mean, in a football, in a strict football terms, and this is something that I've asked multiple of our rookies and our young guys is what's the biggest challenge for you? Like, and they say the game, the speed of the game, which is strictly football based for my side of things. Um, it's getting into one is getting into a routine two, uh, staying focused when you, I mean, I mean, you're 21 years old, you're just throwing $2 million, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's, and this is, I mean, this is real life. Like, like you, you need to find a way to stay focused with, you know, doing what you do or what you're being paid to do. Right. Like it's, 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 it looks less of a job essentially and more like, holy shit, I just got paid so much money. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And it's like staying focused. Also, I mean, the girls are going to love this one, but like a lot of their nutritional habits when they come here are tough. They are not great. There's, st- I mean, our guys are still like, shit, I need Popeye's. You know what I mean? Like I need Popeye's <laughs> like before, like the Saturday before the game or they, they, they just need comfort food, which is, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I remember you telling me they were up in arms when someone tried to take their fried chicken away from dude, the dining facility. Dude, they were pissed. It's anabolic, okay? <laughs> Listen, God. they were so upset. I'm telling you right now. Like, it's – and truly, that's – I mean, like, like they don't – like, a lot of them don't like to buy into the fact that, like, listen, I got here, right? I got here doing this. Like, why would I change yeah. what I do now? Right. And that's because a struggle, not, not necessarily for forever. them. <laughs> exactly. No, I believe me. Like, yeah. I mean, I understand that they, you know, like, Hey, I, I, this is what got me here. Why would I change it? And it's like, you understand for a second of like, okay, I understand that mindset, but at the same time, like what got you here, is it not going to keep you here? That is yeah. the flat out honest truth. Like, the NFL is a it's a very easy league at in terms of like getting rid of people. Like they are super easy with just like, yo, you're not good enough, boom, you're gone. You may get two more opportunities. And if you don't strive at those opportunities, guess what? Like you're you're earning paid like your earning days are over. And they don't care whether you're drafted, they don't care, you know, they don't care who your what your name is, what you did in college. Like if you don't perform at this level nothing matters like you'll be gone tomorrow and that's fine i mean of course you know they'll give more opportunity to guys who are drafted because of the stake that they have in them but like M- believe me there are first round draft yeah. picks that go one and done and are and are completely gone you don't even remember their names anymore so right like it does happen i think that's a challenge for the guys it's just essentially understanding like what it takes to be in this league and to stay in this league because the guys that stay in this league take care of their bodies one like do what's asked of them too. And they're just good character, human beings that show up to work every day and treat this like a job and not as like a hobby, right? Like not just something that pays them, but like, this is a, this is a job. This is what you get paid to do. And so their body is essentially their money. And so like, whether they believe that or not, or whether they treat their bodies in the right way or not, whether it's nutrition training, you know, recovery, whatever it is, you know, some of them, take it for granted and some of them don't so uh, and truly those are the players who sometimes fizzle out and 
there are players who, you know, who take it seriously and they strive and they thrive. So, yeah. Damn, it's crazy. Yeah, I remember, uh, I think it was Brandon Marshall said that he spends like $25,000 a season just for massages. Like, just Mm -hmm. to be like, hey, I don't feel good. So I'm going to go ahead and take care of myself. Like, today I got my shoulder destroyed by uh, (laughs) Dr. Kathleen Escobar for like, 90 bucks and i was like oh this was so worth it but like that's a lot of money for me you know i'm like yeah 90 dollars no to to think about like hey this is a 25 grand that i'm easily throwing down just to make sure i can continue to show up to work like that's so wild to think about dude i mean the the things that are available to these guys slash like i mean they're available to all of us but they're not right like we're not We're not, we're not like, we're not dropping, like we don't have the cash to drop a thousand dollars a week on some kind of, you know what I'm saying? Some kind of therapy option or whatever it is. Like, like the things that are available to these guys at their disposal, it makes it hard to feel bad when they don't care about Mm -hmm. recovery and about their bodies. Like as shitty as that sounds, it's like, bro, you have so much at your fingertips that if you truly chose to not use, utilize any of that stuff, it's like that's on you at that point. Like I I can't help you as much anymore. Like, and we have a great, we have great staff. Like that's the other thing is that like so many, like Brandon Marshall pays 25 great or whatever it was for, you know, massage therapists. Like, yeah, like most teams offer massage therapy, like in house, right. We have (laughs) chiropractors, we have, you know, naturopathic doctors. We have, we have everything. Like we truly have everything in house for us. And you know, like it's, it's hard to, you know, you like, that's what I was kind of saying earlier. Like, like some of these guys just look at, you know, what's the new latest, greatest kind of thing. And, and a lot of it has to do with Instagram. A lot of it has to do with social media for the most part. And, and it's like, Oh, well, I got to spend all my money on that. Cause like that guy obviously knows what he's doing. And it's not always the case. Like, you know, everybody hires their own really good staff. And a lot of it is very simple things that, if you just change a small lifestyle habit, like you can make a massive difference, but you know, everything obviously nowadays with the Instagram world is the new latest, greatest kind of thing. So. Yeah. And I think Brooke and I were joking saying like, we're all accepting clients by the way. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you... Well, it's so funny but to it's... hear that they are influenced by influencers, just right. like the rest of the world. Like it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. To, they are really human, I guess. They are. No, they really are. And they're super, they're, they are super human people. And like, that's what, a lot of people don't understand is that they are 21 to 35 year old people, but you got to think, right? Like think of 21 to 26 year old you. And it's like, if I were to tell you, yo, like, no, I can man. make you, you know, I can keep you in the league for five years by doing this crazy, you know, like therapy or whatever it is. Like you'd probably be like, hell yeah, man, I'm in like, right. it's going to make me money somehow. Like, hell yeah, I'm in. And you know, it's just really easy to kind of, no, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's, it's just, yeah, it's kind of easy. It really is to sway their minds or to trick them into thinking that something like so crazy is like actually what they need to be doing where it's like, bro, we just need to clean up your diet a little bit. We need to get you better sleep and we need to drink like tons more water because you're super dehydrated. Like, and then, yeah. And then don't worry, like I'll work on getting your volumes of workload, like figured out, like you don't even have to do that for yourself. Like I will, yeah. I will, I will do that for you. And so like yeah. literally all they have to do is take care of themselves and everything else is taken care of for them. And so like, that's how I look at it. And 
So they, they really do. They have to meet us halfway. There has to be a point where the players meet us halfway because on, all in all, like it comes down to us, right? Like if they get injured, the first person they look at, is not them, right? It's us. So like, or what could we have done better? But there are times like there are, you know, 12 hours of the day or 13 hours of the day where we don't, you know, we don't know what they're doing. We don't see them. So, you know, there kind of has to be a, a happy marriage of like, yo, you got to do what you're doing. Like, you got to take care of yourself off the field, make these small little changes, whether it's, you know, in just little things. Um, and we're going to take care of you, really everything about while you're in the building. Because that's another thing with the NFL is that we really can't do anything with them outside of the building. Everything has to occur inside. So like sleep tracking and all that stuff got x a couple years back. So that's, and it's hard because you want to do like, you know, in the sports science role, like it's, in my opinion, it's a major uh, contributor in terms of recovery. And so, you know, it's tough to not be able to do that. But at the same time, you know, there's other ways to do it. Wellness questionnaires. And, but again, like, you know, well, that's another tangent we'll get into later maybe, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's so great that you mentioned that, um, obviously NFL players are genetic freaks. They are the most, you know, some of the most powerful athletes on on the planet and they have gotten there through a whole mixture of talent, genetics, working hard, like all this stuff. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they are human and so many things can be fixed by like, Hey, just clean up your diet. Hey, just just don't work too hard. Hey, sleep a little more. Like it's, it's not, that difficult you know it's just not I mean? sexy to say that though oh i know exactly. but it's so wild that no, like you, exactly can, you can get someone that's so high level and be like hey like i'm gonna ask you to do three things i'm not gonna tell you to like totally change your diet or just these three things and you know there's they're still being influenced by people that are like you gotta do a 20-day detox and you gotta do yes. this and this you need these pills and it's like i know that from working with some of the professional ufc fighters over at the performance ranch like they're they're good they're great people man they they work so hard and i love talking to them but so much of it is just like hey why do you keep getting like a two out of five on the sleep like oh yeah, yeah i've just been training a lot like all right sleep man yeah <laughs> like, that's all you we have to do. figure something out for that. Like, <laughs> like we're not going anywhere we're literally just like ripping tires if we're just gonna be like not sleeping but training this hard yeah, like I mean, you train 12 hours a day, man. What do you think? What dude, do you think you, you can do, dude, you know? You Just start have telling to, people like, sleep is anabolic and then they'll listen. Uh, they're, no, they'll be like, I don't uh, – what's what's the matter? What does that mean? I'm like, damn, exactly. <laughs> Our players be like, anab – what? Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you just don't – stop with the big words. But, you know, it's it's it really is – it truly is crazy how easy it is to influence these guys. Like, kind of what you were saying, like – they're not, they're obviously not stupid people at all, right? They're, they are extremely intelligent people. A lot of them are, but like some of the craziest shit I've heard walking around the facility, like I'll go, you know, like really fortunate to have like, you know, breakfast, like a whole, you know, set up in our cafeteria where it's like you get omelet stations and waffles and pay whatever the hell you want. Like, it's just crazy. You have fruit and everything, right? They have everything at your disposal. And so one of our, players i'm like i walk up and every single morning which is uh, you know i just have a routine my thing is i I like uh over easy eggs right so i just get three or four over easy eggs every single morning 
uh, with a little bit of toast and some fruit, and I'm good to go. And one of the players walks up to me and was like, hey, he's like, that's a, how many eggs do you have? I'm like four. He's like, you know, eggs give you cancer. I was like, <laughs> like, listen, cool, bro. How you, know, you know took that? too many hits in the head. Yeah, I'm like, dude, they did not. And like, for real, like a lot of these guys, they're like, they're serious though. They're not like, they're not joking. Yeah, they're, they're not, not like, no, just... like, no, but like, he was like, no, I'm serious. Like, it really does. Like, look at the research. I'm like, dude, believe me, I have. And it, <laughs> You're like, that's my job. <laughs> yeah. Like, I promise you, like you read one research study that told you that and eggs gave one person yeah, like, cancer. It's one like, rat it, got cancer. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> out. Like, I can't eat them anymore. But it's, I'm telling you, like, and, and there was a big trend um, with wild. vegan, like, becoming uh, vegan as a player uh, big game trend. changers but yes i'm changers. serious no it really was <sighs> game changers it was and like a lot of our players and this is the crazy thing we i had a player come to me and say like hey i think i'm gonna stop eating meat this is fucking week 13 in season this dude's gonna change his diet to stop eating meat in week 13 of the <laughs> season and you're like yeah. no, no 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 please like do not make that change right now not that i'd want him <laughs> to make that change any at any point but like bro like i said you're getting to 30 car accidents a day like what makes you think that the recovery aspect of any sort of lean protein wouldn't help you like yeah. in terms of any any kind of recovery aspect and he was like no nah, you, you want to eat just... 40 pounds of soybeans bro <laughs> like a day I'm, I'm, and he was so like he's like this is what i want to do and this is I, i'm just going to do it i said i said listen bud and i'm not going to say his name but i was like listen why like give me concrete reason as to why you think this is a good idea he's like i don't have one i just this is what i want to do and he was like super serious and i was like that and that in a nutshell honestly like that kind of mentality in a nutshell is a lot of nfl players but and also like they get they're hired like they get paid by yeah like why like you can't just make these decisions like this is your job and again, like we can say all <laughs> we want to say the, yeah, no, you're right. We can say all we want to say, but here's the thing, right? I mean, they're their own entity. Like, right. Mm-hmm. It, it honestly, like, I, I don't know how I, if I could be saying this or not, but like the NFL is truly a players run league. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like the players have, have, it goes owners and players, like everybody else falls in between. You know what I'm saying? Or everybody else falls on, uh, under that. But like it's essentially owners and players. And players have fought for years for essentially autonomy to do what they want to do. Right? And like not being like – I don't even know if you want to call it being employed. But like not being like felt like an employee because they feel like they're – right? They're the chess pieces in the chess game. And so, like, in a sense, you do feel for them, right? Like, you do you do understand where they're coming from. They're the ones putting their bodies on the line. They're the ones yeah. that are, you know, going through all this, like, essentially taking years off their life. Like, you just – I just saw that uh, – I don't know how it happened, but Vincent Jackson just died oh, at 38 Jackson years old. Vincent Jackson just died, yeah. Yeah, you know. 38 years old. That's that's insane. Junior sale, like, mental health illness in the NFL is wild. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, like you understand in a point – or you know, to a point like why they feel like they want autonomy with what decisions they make. Right. Because for whatever reason, a lot of guys, not necessarily, they don't trust you, but that's what I was kind of saying before about that's a big part of my job is developing relationships is because you need, that's one of the 
biggest things you have to do is you have to get them to trust you. You have to have them understand that you are doing what's in their best interest. Right. Like essentially with this, with all the data, which is kind of crazy with all the data. So I collect say force plate, Nordboard, you know, a couple different metrics, whatever, uh, catapult, all that stuff is their data that is owned by the player. I am simply I like, that. the that's that I'm simply the middleman of it all. I collect it. I use it for, you know, their betterment only. And other than that, like, if they come to me and say like, Hey, I don't want this. Like, I don't want you to track me anymore. Okay. Like I can't do anything about it. Like I can't, you know, like that's, that's part of their CBA is like, they have autonomy to decide what they want to do. And part of it was like, you know, like what I was saying before with that athlete who wanted to just randomly switch to vegan uh, week 13 of the season, like it's not really much we could do. That's just, that it just, and Again, so like you you look at fads and you look at like things that all of us like talk mad like crazy shit over, right? It's like, yeah, a lot of these guys are kind of buying into it, not buying into it, but like they're being sold on it, just like me and you would. Um, and it's not because they're stupid people. It's, there's a lot of smart people that buy into the same thing, also. But right. you know, like it's just somebody has sold them well enough to say like, hey, this is what's going to better you. And so, lo and behold, like he wound up not switching because I was like kind of throwing a tantrum and so he wound up he's like okay okay i'll wait i'll wait i'll wait and then eventually because i was like freaking out on him like we cannot make this change right now not saying you know listen i'm not trying to tell him what he needs to do with his life although i kind of am but what i think your best best, exactly what i think was in your best interest for performance and that's you know changing midway through the season what your intake is in terms of lean protein sources i would not do. Yeah. yeah well, you... I think, I think about it like, sorry to cut you off. Uh, you know, I, Nicole makes a great point where she's like, why don't you just like tell them, right? This is for the better of your job. But like how many of us in our, in our everyday jobs or that we've had before, like we'll show up to work with just a cup of coffee and we're like, Oh fuck, I should not have done that. And then consistently do that. So imagine yeah. like your boss being like, Hey man, uh, if you're not eating, uh, we're going to fire you. And it's like, what, like how, yeah. what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. I definitely, I understand. Uh, and I also think it's, it's so great that the players do have that kind of autonomy because yeah, I know it's a give and take, but like at the end of the day, they're the ones that are deciding for themselves. And you're right. They're the ones putting their lives like they're they're sacrificing their lives for for our enjoyment you know yeah literally that's what they should they should have uh, a lot of control yeah Yeah, i think that agency is important but it's also just like it's so crazy that their job is to perform and they do have access to some of the best of the best like healthcare professionals Mm -hmm. when it comes to registered dietitians or strength and conditioning coaches and you Dude, still like, just like see that. something on the internet and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do it. Like, why don't you just consult with these, the professionals? <laughs> and, and here's the, and here's yeah. the other thing. Here's the other thing. A lot of these outside, like for, for, I think for, for us, you know, like we have an in-house dietitian that does a great job. Like she does a fantastic job and like, but there's still guys that like want to outsource. I, I truly, I can't tell you what the reason is 
You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, like I truly don't know. Like in terms of a dietitian who knows like their specific sport and needs or are they just like outsource Dr. Oz? That's like, that's kind of it. Like it's just like some outsource to this person who's like, yo, this guy told me she's fucking awesome. Like I should go to her. And it's like, yeah, ah, like this could be so great because honestly, like, I have exactly what you do at practice. Like our dietitian sits with me during practice and understands like what you're doing at practice and the fuel you need post pre whatever it is. Like we have all of this like continuity within our staff. We have all this like cohesiveness. Like how are you not understanding that? Like you outsourcing whatever it is on your, especially with nutrition, like you outsourcing that stuff is like, I, they don't know what we do. You know what I'm saying? They don't, un, they, they truly don't understand what you go through on a day-to-day -day basis. They're treating you as a regular, you know, just a normal citizen of, of the earth, like, which is fine. But at the same token, like you have to understand like the demands of what the sport asks you to do. And like, we have, we literally have the answers to the test right here. And these people, I'm not sending that information to those people. Like, right. Definitely not doing that because, again, I don't even have the power to do that. But I'm not sending that information unless it was requested by the player to the whoever it is to be outsourced to. But a lot of times they don't care, which to me, that's that's what kind of boggles my mind. It's like they don't even want to know what they're doing. They're just mm -hmm. prescribing him, whether it's their meal plans or whatever, their training sometimes. Like they're just prescribing them these, you know, either workouts or Diet plans are like, tell you yeah, like just like you have no reasoning? idea what they do. Like, do they tell you their reasoning or is it just like, like, cause in my mind, I feel like, you know, this is what they grew up doing and they're just like, I'm just here right. to play football. Like this isn't like, you know, yeah. the clients that we see who have these specific goals when it comes to like their health and wellness, like they are just like, I'm just here to play football and this is what I've always done. Like, so do you think that they yeah. are very like, do you think they're invested in the nutrition or even like the strength and new conditioning portion, you know, because they've always been able to do football. Do they really like, do you think they connect the dots that those things matter? It's funny you ask that. So I had today, I trained one of our big guys, um, who's an amazing human being. I'm not going to say his name, but he's one of our big guys. And he told me flat out today. He's like, Hey, like, you know this, like, I'm not a weight room guy. Like, I don't love the weight room. He has a, he does have a dietitian outside of the building who works hand in hand, which is one of the few times, but this dietitian works hand in hand with our dietitian and at least lets her know, like communicates with her and lets her know like what, you know, what they're doing and what he's doing. Um, and at least keeps her informed, which I think is better than the latter of not doing anything at all. But like he told me today, like, listen, I'm not, I'm not a weight room guy. You know this. I was like, yeah, but I was like, but you do a good job in here. Like you do, you truly do. And, and you do a really good job in here. You work hard. Like are, you know, are you a 400 pound bencher? Of course not, but that's okay. Like I'm not asking you to be a professional weightlifter. I'm asking you to be a professional football player. I'm asking you to get better at these very general skills, right? Slightly better at these very general skills. And hopefully this translates to the field. And he's like, that's the only reason why I do it. And so I think people have to understand that like these people, like not these people, I shouldn't say that that way, but like NFL players, like they are like, they are football. They are professional football players. They love to play football. Everything else is like, 
you know, they could probably live without if it didn't mean that it would shorten their career, right? Or if it meant that they're shortened their career, then they could probably, they'll do it. But like, if it didn't translate exactly to them playing better football, then like, they don't want to do it. Like, and that's even some things like challenges you kind of mentioned before, but like challenges for me personally is like getting them to understand the value and what I do, right? And the things that I track, because a lot of them don't. Like a lot of them are like, bro, how is this making me better at football? And then you go through the ladder trying to explain to them like in some odd way how this translates to them being better at football. And by like the, you know, the second word they're already like, uh, yeah, I'll just like do it. But with a lot of the sports science tests as far, I mean, you know this, bro, like with a lot of tests, you need fucking, you need max effort. Like I need you to try I need you to give me good data because if I don't get it, then it's a waste of my time. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even like, something like a, a vertical jump, right? We had we had some fighters. I was like, uh, I want you to jump as high as you can, like really just as high. So he's like hits he hits like something like twenty inches, which is uh pretty standard for a lot of fighters, which is hilarious. To twenty me inches on like flight time. Like, no, like like just on uh like a, a normal like just jump mat, right? Because yeah, like yeah, obviously yeah. like I don't have a lot of <laughs> I this is not a billion dollar corporation either, right? No, um, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, something like not not a lot when you think of like, you know, NBA players that have, you know, like 30, 40, whatever. Uh yeah. but you know, so he hits that and I was like, oh, it's pretty good, whatever. And somebody comes in and beats his and then like next thing i know he's like oh well, i'll try now hits like a 24 and i'm like no that's what i needed you to do in the first place man like yeah i need you to do that every time i ask otherwise i don't know if what we're doing is working uh, so, so i totally kind of totally understand that it's kind of funny you say that and sometimes sometimes excuse me sometimes um like for whatever reason like i can jump like i've done the force play a thousand times because literally i've like you know it's part of my job is like, I need to be super ultra proficient with the force plate and understand mm-hmm. everything to do with it. So I jump myself like, uh, usually, I mean, in, in season, it's not as much, but off season, I jump like probably once a week and mm-hmm. I look at my own metrics and figure out my own programs based off those metrics. And so like, I know I can jump. And so when guys like step on and bullshit my test, sometimes I'm like, I'm like, you do understand that like me, who's five foot, nine five foot eight like 175 pounds never played a down of nfl football in my life not a better athlete than you i'm telling you right now you understand that i can jump higher than you and once you like add a competition aspect to some of these guys like that's one thing that i truly do i will say about football about nfl guys they are fucking competitive ultra competitive so if you add a competitive aspect into things um yeah they'll 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 go one minute but yeah, these guys are ultra competitive. And so a lot of the tests, like if you add some kind of competitive aspect to them, they'll like all of a sudden, like you just said, right? All of a sudden they'll be like, so for ours, like just say 21 inches on a like hands on hips counter movement jump is is high for a lot of these guys, like 21 inches. And that's just with flight time. Like, believe it or not, like it's not a vertical jump test. It's not like, you know, like, oh, NFL players can vert 40 inches. It's like, yeah, something like that. But what we're not looking at that, like with our plate. So essentially like 21 inches on that test is really good. And so their first test will be like 18, you know, 18.5, 18.3, and it'll be super consistent. And I'm like, you just know it. Like, you know, inherently, like this is fucking bullshit. Like, yeah. Give me a test. Like I was, I'm like, okay. So then I step on the plate and I'll hit like, 
I'll hit like 20 point something. I'll be like, so you're going to tell me that I am more athletic than you are. I can jump higher than you. They're like, well, no. I'm like, well, I like, how are you about to fucking tell me that when I literally have objective data to tell you that you, that you don't like you, you don't. And then like, that's like, he's not on our team anymore, but uh, David Johnson, the running back. Oh yeah. So I was like, Hey, I was like, uh, you know, jump as high as you can. Yeah, okay. He goes. And, it, and he wasn't malicious at all. He was trying kind of. And then <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm like, this is bullshit. You know it. I'll, so I went against him and I, and I like crushed his, like his jump numbers, like from the, his three trials beforehand. I'm like, dude, this is embarrassing. Like, look at me. Like you were at one point, like an MVP, an MVP candidate. And like, <laughs> Like you're a physical so specimen, you. you like you're a physical specimen, and there's not a shot that I am more explosive than you are. And he's like, "No, yeah, you're right." Steps on the plate, like fucking blows me out of the water. I'm like, "Okay, so did I prove a point to you now? Like, whenever you step on this plate, make sure that I get that and not that." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense." I'm like, "Because that data doesn't mean shit to me. That data means like, you know, like wow, we must really suck at our jobs because like this is going nowhere." But then when you actually try and you actually do it and you give me good data, it's something to work, it's something to work off of. I can understand like, okay, now we know where to go with your program, right? right. Like whether it's impulse, whether it's, you know, some kind of eccentric metric, whether it's, you know, peak force, whether we need to do, you know, whether it's max velocity, whatever it is, like max vertical velocity, whatever it is, like, yeah, this could tell us a lot of good things about you and how we train you, but you have to be willing to put in the effort to do so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that. Those are all really good points, and and I think it's a it's a good segue to one of the questions that we had towards the end. But I think fits really well now is like, you know, s- since you've started, uh, what training thoughts or like how has your focus changed since then? And then like you know because we've talked about how they are normal people, but we just talked about how they're freak specimens as well. Like right. so what have what thoughts and focuses have changed since you've been there but then also like you know how is training for them the same and different from training like a normal person or is that that what hunter calls them lay people right (laughs) like you know how 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 does that change in your mind so what are similarities i think it kind of falls back into what I kind of said before about like we like first of all we don't get like so our roster is at 90 players in July and then gets cut down eventually you get 53 players uh, active roster plus 10 or 12 whatever it was practice squad players the rules have changed last year because of COVID but right. um, so realistically like in the off season when you can make a ton of difference for a lot of these guys like you get it just depends team to team but you'll get anywhere from 15 to 20 i you know i don't know what other teams get but like we get like between 15 20 25 guys like it's only half your roster that you're actually impacting right in the off season and so when it comes down to when they are forced to report right that's not involuntary anymore they are forced to report and then we get them you know i'm saying we see them for the first time it's like how much change could we, or how much training could we truly do um, in terms of like, you know, we don't know what they, we don't, first of all, we don't know if they've done for the last five months. Right. Um, we don't know what they've done. 
we know where they need to be. We don't know where they're at. So we have to run a myriad of tests to figure out where they're at in terms of conditioning, you know, what they've been doing um, strength wise or anything like that. But when we truly get our hands on guys that it's really, in my opinion, a minimalist approach, right? It's like, okay, how can we support what they do on the field without taking too much away from their ability to perform on the field? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it really is a minimalist approach. Now, like if you want like reps and sets and percentages and stuff like that, like, you know, it's fairly low. I would say it's really just, it's, it's football is always the first thing on their mind. Yeah. It's always, it's always the first thing in our minds of like, we need to just support practice. Right. And practice truly does fill in a lot of the gaps that we miss in training. So a lot of our stuff is very, very basic. The volume is fairly low. And in all honesty, the percentages stay very low as well. Yes. I love it. Like, I love the answer. And, and in all honesty, like I've, I've talked to another NFL trade coach who, and also we've had players come from that team and they're like, oh yeah, we, you know, we hit, you know, 90, 95% week 14 to try to get a hormonal response. I'm like, brother, oh, no. <laughs> brother, do you understand that there, like, there is no more hormonal response when week 14, like, <laughs> yeah. okay, we are, we are, we are trending down, right? Straight down when week one happens and we're just playing every Sunday, right? We're getting hit with a car every Sunday, like us lifting 90% week 14 is not going to drive any hormonal response flat yes. out. Like yes. that's so crazy to think that that's what your thought process is like for what you prescribe. And in all honesty, like, you know, I'm not saying any one way it's right or wrong, my opinion personally, but I just feel <laughs> that, like that's definitely wrong. <laughs> that, stay, that's definitely stay, wrong. stay minimal, stay basic. And that's literally what we do in season. We, we, in all honesty, we have two lifts a week. One upper and one lower. The rest of it is all based on practice. The rest of it is all volumes of practice whenever. I mean, they get plyometric activity in practice, right? Yes. They run, they punch, they engage. They get like, you know, max max effort doesn't necessarily need to be like weight room max effort, right? I need to move 100% or whatever. Like they go through max effort work every Sunday, every right. single Sunday. Like I don't need any more of that. You know what I mean? A sprinkle of velocity here or there throughout the week. But like, I don't need to see a ton more max ever, especially not in the weight room. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how we look at training, especially in season is like lower percentages between, you know, we don't, we hit 80, 80%. Uh, I'd say every 30 days and it's like one time we're out of it done. Everything yeah. else is under 80%. Uh, and the volume is just like, Hey, um, you know, it's very low. It's within, I mean, we use pro and chart. Uh, we do use that. And essentially it's low assistance work. I mean, we'll hit maybe a couple sets on the bench. We'll hit a couple sets on, you know, and by the way, we are not married to one movement. Like we don't force all of our players to squat. We don't force all of everyone's our players got a, to. Everyone's got a deadlift, man. That's how it works. Well, yeah. all of our guys, if, a lot of our guys trap our deadlift. A lot of our guys trap oh, yeah. our deadlift. I mean, I, I think most most S&C coaches will tell you that <laughs> trap bars yeah way better than just the, a straight bar um, yeah and we don't we don't first of all we don't straight bar delf at all uh but i'm even saying in terms of like we don't like there's most guys like our skill guys barely squat in season like we we trap our we trap our a lot we get triple extensions with trap bar we get you know like if we're 
you know, we don't usually run eccentric isometric boxing season, obviously, but if we were yeah. to, we, you know, you could, um, there's just so much you could do with a trap bar that I feel like. Oh yeah. It's um, definitely versatile. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, but yeah, one, one of the things I, I, which I'm so glad you brought up because for anyone that's listening, uh, that is an athlete and is maybe trying to just like elevate their own game or train their themselves, like under, understand that when you do your sport, that's your sport specific work. What you're doing in the gym is trying to cover everything else that you are not doing. So if you're consistently sprinting in your sport, don't just sprint for your workouts. Like that doesn't make any sense if you're in season, you know? Uh, right. And then if you are a practitioner, stop, <laughs> stop doing yeah. that to your clients because yes. we've talked ad nauseum about how there's only a certain amount of volume that a human can take. Right. And if, right. especially in football or really any sport, that's volume. That's, those are hits that are being taken. There's recovery yeah. that, that has to happen. And if you're just loading up a lot of weight and a lot of volume to these people who are already very strong, so their volume is going to be inherently much higher, like you're just going to crush them. So, yeah. you know, we talked, I think it was last week or two weeks ago with Hunter about how. Uh, uh, you know, we had, I had a friend who was trying to get her, um, glucose or insulin sensitivity up, you know, which is like one of those things where you are missing the forest for the trees. Like, yeah, that yeah. hormonal response at the 14 week, whatever, like, what do you, yeah. what, what is that going to do? You know, like your, your testosterone is going to go up a, a little bit while you work out. Cool. <laughs> and it, and it, Sweet. and I'm telling you, I, I truly, I, I would find it extremely hard to believe. Like we've done some adrenal stuff, um, throughout the season. And I find it very hard to believe that introducing a set of two at 90% or a set of one at 90% <laughs> is truly going to drive a hormonal response. Yeah. After you've literally played 70 plays of NFL football, yeah, you were like, high stress all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah no like, let's be, let's listen. Like, yeah, and, and that's the thing it's like these guys are so human. It's like, yeah, this is their job. And it's unlike college where, right, like you have class and all that stuff to worry about. Like, you should just have football to worry about. But, like, that's what everyone thinks. Like, oh, well, you just have football. Like, we had three guys this year who had babies in season, like, who had fucking, like, toddler, obviously, like, babies in season. Like, like their lives have completely changed. Talk about stress levels. Like they're completely thrown out of whack. So like yeah. we've even had to make adjustments for things like that. Like life, like, yes, it is a job, but life happens. And there are other stressors that have to do, right? Like, you know, you have marital problems or you have relationship problems. Like it all goes hand in hand. Like, yeah. like you know, I to ask somebody just like, okay, well, like this fucking 90% squad is going to drive up that hormone response that, you know, has been so neglected apparently that uh you know like all your marital problems don't matter all your fucking you know 70 <laughs> plays of football doesn't matter uh you know all your training and all this stuff doesn't matter but this 90 percent squad i promise you is going to make the difference in driving your hormones into the right direction you're like yeah it's like it's like what we all oh. preach here right like you need to like brooke nicole and i like such big proponents of like Hey, overall wellness. It's not just about nutrition and performing. Like, no, there's, there's life that you have to, yes. you know, take mental care of. health. Mental health for these guys is an absolute necessity. Like, that's a big one that's kind of transforming. And and our organization has hired 
a full-time uh, psychologist that like that full disposal That's awesome. at all times. Yeah. And I think that truly like, and in all honesty, like I'm sure you know this also, it's like a strength coach. You're with these guys so much. And again, it's where the relationship thing comes in. Like at times, like you're kind of like a, not a therapist, but like no, you're a therapist, man. you hear them out. Like you truly mm-hmm. hear them out. You hear all their issues. You hear all their problems. And like part of your job is to make sure that they are most as physically prepared as they possibly can for Sunday. And if something's going on mentally and you can help them, like, fuck yeah, that falls into your job category. Mm-hmm. Like your well-being is my job. And so if your well-being is shit because you have, you know, X, Y, and Z problems that you want to get off your chest, like, fuck yeah, I'm here to listen to them. Like, yeah. as long as they trust you, of course, right? Like that's part <laughs> okay. of the building relationship. Hey, man, yeah, I know I just started to tell me, tell me all, your, sure. all yeah. your problems. <laughs> yeah, but that's a big, I mean, that really is a big thing. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, NFL guys need it. They need, I mean, in all honesty, talk about mental health training and all that stuff. I just had this conversation with one of our guys the other day about, like, how mental health, like, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, my you know, my girl told me to go see a therapist. And, like, well, why did she tell you that? And it's like, oh, you know, this way, X, Y, and Z. And, like, you do understand that, like, it's not, like, a bad thing, right? Like, it's not, like, like you know, every guy thinks like oh it's not you know manly to go see a therapist like no your mental health is just as important as your physical health you work out and you do things you eat right you know to stay healthy like mental health is there is preventative mental health going to see a therapist just you know to keep everything ticking in the right direction in terms of your mental health like that's a, that yeah that's completely fine and I, I see why she would say that like i'm not saying like <laughs> yeah. we're not saying there's anything wrong with you we're saying that we won't want to see anything go wrong with you and he was like oh yeah that does make sense like yeah fucking, like, people, right it people does do care about me that's crazy yeah like yeah so um yeah so i i know we're we're kind of uh getting getting here a long time i guess the the last question because i this has obviously been like a a monumental year right like 2020 was a shit show it's we're in february and it's still pretty much 2020 you know when you think about it like Mm -hmm. obviously covid threw things off for all sports right Uh, Mm -hmm. games practices whatever but like uh, how how has adapting to that been like what kind of changes did you need to do and then like what are some things that you know maybe that the the team did uh just to kind of deal with all this so I mean, in short, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, we truly didn't know what was going to happen until the week before the players reported training camp happened. Um, and so, like, we were just kind of on edge. Like, we didn't even know if the season was going to happen. And so we were, like, kind of just waiting around, like, you know, is there a season? Is, it, is training camp going to be on time? Like, what's the deal here? Yeah. And... Um, essentially then we were dropped about five days in advance. Like, Hey, guess what? Everyone's coming and they're all on time. Like get to work. And you're like, Holy shit. Like you, you didn't expect like so many things to happen, but a lot of administrative stuff, um, weight room organization. So splitting the room, it's, it's especially like there was a limit as to how many guys could be in the room at one time. Everybody had to be in masks, which was, you know, I'm sure for, you know, a lot of the players was like, yeah dude it was it you know it it definitely took some getting used to um 
we got tested every, I got tested every day for literally since July, every Oof. single day that, I mean, I didn't have a day off. If I had a day, if I missed a day, I would have to go five straight days. And I couldn't come back to work. So like I had to get tested every day. So did the players on our bye week Like when we were supposed to have time off, had to come in and test every, <laughs> I was in that building testing every day. It's crazy. Um, yeah, weight room organization. We had to completely redo the weight room, split it into essentially so that we could block off and have like 10, 15 guys per one side at a time. Uh, so we had to do that. I mean, in terms of, you know, I did see some stuff um, in terms of like the whoop stuff that actually, I don't know if you saw that like research article that uh, resting respiratory rate. Um, whoop did the, the whoop, same the whoop bands. Right. Yeah, whoop yep. bands like had some resting respiratory rates, and it showed that like when somebody had the onset of illness with COVID, like their respiratory rate spiked, and like it was like almost identical to like when they were sick and stuff. But uh, we tried to do certain things with our players to like, you know, mitigate the risk or identify the risk at a faster time. I mean, it, but it's COVID. You know what I mean? Like it, it was kind of the most unpredictable thing on uh, on the fucking planet, and like nobody right. figured it out. So other than that, I mean, the no fans thing was weird. Um, yeah, that's right. In terms of like, I mean, you're looking like in terms of training, in terms of like operation, no, I just like, like, like a like a general thing. I think you answered it. It, you know, I, yeah. I I just think it's like one of those things where, like, stuff we've talked about, where like athletes are humans too, right? So yeah, and, and even you think about the the psychiatrists and their, their counselors, whatever they have, like. Yeah, they, it's already a high stress job because a yeah. lot of people will, you know, tweet you and be like, "You fucking suck," or you know, you. Yeah, no, you, it's true. I lost my fantasy because of all this stuff, and then you add yes. in the whole thing of like some people can't see their families anymore, and and you know, uh, they're getting tested every day, which is an inconvenience, and also just suck getting that thing stuck down your nose or throat Dude. or anal swabs. Mm-hmm. Apparently, have come out, so you know. If you're into that, luckily, I guess you of, could luckily to that. None, none of those. No, we just have the little nasal swabs, which is fine. Like every day, bro. <laughs> I got COVID in. Yeah, yeah. Bed over. <laughs> yeah, COVID. I chose it though. You know, I thought it was the most efficient. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, it's just, you know, it's, it's just good to, I guess, good to hear that, you know, everyone's struggling, you know, but like yeah. to, to understand that, like, even people who we think are like demigods because they like, are when it comes to genetics and whatnot like are also having trouble dealing with this shit so dude i mean i'm serious i mean you could look on obviously you can look it's all public knowledge i'm not gonna say names but we had guys who had it in season and i mean asking them how they were feeling is uh, some of them got really sick like some of them got were like dude i felt like complete shit for seven days and then building them back in think about that like think about being completely destroyed for seven days and then like yo we need you to play like we need right. you to play uh you know on on day 10 and you're like fuck here we go like these like but like in all honesty like people like you know just regular fans kind of miss that like they're like oh you know like you know this person he should have caught that ball like okay like yeah he just was super sick with covid for seven days like like literally still recovering and you're gonna like like oh you should have ran faster it's like uh, yeah he's a human like 
he literally just got the the pandemic disease and everybody is like obviously freaking out or for a reason like and he had it really bad you're gonna like shit on this dude for like you know not catching a ball like yeah, yeah he's lucky he's alive nonetheless catching footballs on sunday like three days after so <laughs> but yeah i mean that that's that's great uh that the nfl took those steps and then also you guys took the steps um yeah building guys back in especially during practice that's a big one too is you know when they were sick uh essentially taking them and monitoring them throughout practice to make sure that we built them back in in a appropriate fashion and not you know hey you need to play on sunday like go get them tiger and right you know like but. Well, Evan, the Cardinals are definitely lucky to have you, uh, especially if you keep pushing for the the science stuff. And obviously, the players, if it, you know, like you said, you're like, hey, we got to build them back up. Um, definitely got to wrap this up because uh, it's long. Nicole's asleep. You know, Brooks half asleep. <laughs> yeah, my my teeth somehow out the grandmas. And I'm also being Buddies. summoned. Actually, by by the pupper. <laughs> Yeah, Leon, um, where he's at. But yeah, my my girlfriend does need to work, and I am stealing her computer currently, so she is not happy. We knew it. Yeah, we knew why it. do you not have a computer in your professional life? I do. It's just at work, so yeah. she's not <laughs> happy with me right now, which means that I'm going to need to get off fairly soon. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, you know. so we'll go ahead and do our outro. Uh, Evan, where can um where can people find you if if they you know if you are accessible? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I I. So I don't even really know my Instagram. And well, I'm on Instagram. I'm not on total social media. I don't post a lot um, about any. Uh, so it's just E underscore Lauder. That's about it. E underscore L-O-D-D-E-R is my Instagram. Other than that, I don't have a lot of social media. I like to keep my things kind of close to the chest. Um, yeah. And especially when it comes to a lot of like my career aspect of things, especially my job, um, I do not post a lot about the players themselves or anything like that it's just you know That's it's obviously no no in terms of the nfl words but uh at the same token if you do have any questions and you do have anything sports science related that you want to ask me or strength conditioning related whatever it may be you can dm me you can you know y'all have my number obviously you can give it to anybody who asks but everyone's spam just make sure you just like drop a something like, yo, I listened to the podcast and I'm here to ask this. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. But other than that, yeah, DM me on Instagram. That's how it works. Cool. Well, we'll be sure to put that in the uh, in the show notes. Um, so last thing, uh, I know that we're, we're all still accepting clients. Uh, for those of us, or for those of you that aren't aware, uh, I do exercise and performance sports science. Uh, Nicole is our intuitive eating health at every size dietitian. And then Brooke is a dietitian specializing in athletic performance and weight management. So if any of those things sound like uh, there's something you need help with, please hit us up. We'd love to help you. Um, we do also enjoy this free resource uh, as the podcast. Um, but if you want to, you know, say you're working with famous people, the top 150 on the fitness uh, category, <laughs> then, then you can. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but be sure to follow us on at Health Unfiltered Pod on Instagram. Uh, keep the awesome questions coming. Uh, we love the questions of the week. We are still storing stuff up for Q and A's. Um, 
continue to rate us, share us, uh, follow us, leave reviews and stuff. I love reading them. Uh, it, it does help boost us in those rankings. And now I'm ultra competitive and I want to get to like at <laughs> least at least 100, right? Um, please keep doing that. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, this is a really great one. And, and I'm really excited to hear what kind of conversations and DMs we get uh, regarding it. So um, with that, Brooke will lead us out. Cue that music. There we go. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Later, guys.